This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta, online at AudiAugusta.com. Well, Gary Williams has his Sirius XM radio show. He's also the host of the Five Clubs podcast. Last couple of weeks, Gary has had Jack Nicholas. He's had the CEO of the USGA, Mike Wan, on Lee Westwood and more. It's a pleasure to welcome Gary Williams back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Gary? John, I'm great. Always great to chat with you. Um, I mean, you and Lee Westwood. You guys got into a conversation about the Saudi situation and that Saudi tournament taking place this weekend. Uh, the Ryder Cup ramifications, all the stuff. Where do you fall on this Saudi thing and the governing bodies of the game? I, I, well, fundamentally, I think that if if the formats that they are allegedly proposing to, to be kind of what what the, the weekly offering is going to be, I'm not a fan. I think that... Um, 72 hole stroke play golf tournaments are what championship elite professional golf is. Uh, that's what the measure is. Uh, the cuts are, are part of the tapestry of professional golf. And in the absence of that, there is a to it that I'm not a fan of. I don't like the idea of, of listen, I get the premise of everyone finishing simultaneously mm-hmm. so that you have everybody on the course at the same time, but that also is not part of what makes championship golf. The challenge of having to wait until the end of the day and having the last tee time uh, and holding a lead going into the final round. So I'll start with that. Uh, With respect to, you know, know, who's putting this thing on, uh, I'm I'm challenged by that as well. Um, I don't know specifically, um, you know, how how much involvement uh, the actual government of Saudi Arabia has in this. Uh, it, it seems to me that there is some level of, of you know, trying to present uh, a more civilized and, and hospitable uh, kind of presentation of, of who they are when, when you know, history would, would, would certainly prove that that's not the case. Um, I have no problem with competition in, in any industry. Every professional sports entity has been faced with challenges through time, whether it be the ABA and the NBA, the USFL. Uh, in the NFL, uh, you know, this is this is part of what happens in commerce. Um, and I, I, I do think, and I've always felt that PGA Tour players, I've always thought that they were um, that they were underpaid because of the fact that they, they there is no guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never had a problem with the amount of money that's in the game. I've always been challenged by people who who, who do find a problem with it when when NBA players and NFL players and Major League Baseball players. Uh, have guaranteed, you know, tens and twenties and fifty and a hundred million dollar guaranteed contracts as it affects performance or may affect performance. Um, I, I, you know, there are things about this that I still need to learn more about. So I don't want to be too yeah. righteous yeah. because a lot of it is conjecture. Um, but but what I what I do think is that if this if this does fortify the PGA Tour and and it allows them uh, to to can I kind of ward off this challenge, so to speak? Um, I think it'll it'll better serve professional golf globally. Uh, I don't think that there's a way like the ABA was kind of uh, you know brought into with respect to franchising into the NBA. There's no going to be any. There's not going to be any co-opting between these entities. It's either going to it's either going to stand by itself or it's not. They're not going to create something that eventually is going to meld into a handful of events 
which will be absorbed by the PGA Tour. Um, my curiosity, John, right now is, you know, are these players willing to do this, and, and how are we going to uh, go about trying to understand how do you equate a 54-hole no-cut no event uh, from a world ranking perspective uh, in comparison to what we see week in and week out with few exceptions on the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, because it's not the same thing. It's not even close. We're talking with Gary Williams here on the Augusta Golf Show. By the way, I loved the ABA. So did I. <laughs> so did I. I was a huge, I was a huge David Thompson fan. Oh, even though I, I loved, North I fan. loved David he, Thompson. What a, what a, I mean, uh, you know, and him with the Denver Nuggets, and and I, you know, obviously Julius Serving. John, the first professional basketball game I ever went to was a Virginia Squires yep. game. Yep. Uh, with Dr. J uh, playing the, the Nets. And with with John with Super John Williamson and and Billy Paltz the Whopper, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I believe me, I love those days. Gary, I grew up in Norfolk. I got Did you really? Yeah, I got to tell Julius one time that I saw him play. You know, early, and he thought I was going to say the Nets, and I said, No, no, no. I saw you as a Virginia Squire. <laughs> Um, we're, we're talking all sorts of stuff with Gary. Uh, you know, you, <laughs> talking about Julius, talking about uh, what's going on, does it ever cross your mind, Gary, just how fortunate we've been, you and I, sports fans of this time? I mean, arguably, we've seen the greatest golfer, the greatest basketball player, greatest football player. You could make the case that we've seen the two greatest golfers of all time or the two greatest basketball players of all time. Pretty fortunate, the stuff we've got to see. Very, very much so, and I, I, I'd like to, I'd like to believe that I remind myself enough, but I probably don't. But you know, for for many, many years, whether it was Michael Jordan or whether it was Tiger, uh, in you know, when I was you know teenage years into college, I was a freshman in college when Jack won uh, in '86 and watched every minute at the Sigma Chi House and the TV room there. And I, but I, I, I am with you that that I, I rooted for excellence. I rooted to be able to tell my kids and, and, you know, hopefully my grandkids that, you know, with context, what, what, what Jack did, what Tiger did, what Michael did, uh, what Lawrence Taylor did, what Brady Montana, um, you know, we, we see athleticism and size and measurable speed and, and power and strength, you know, increasing, but skill still is still to me the differentiator between between generations, like I think, if if Lou Alcindor was in the NBA draft this upcoming year, he'd be the first pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't because of his skill level. Same with Bill Walton, and and I, you know, skill to me is is the differentiating factor. There was a great kind of equation that an author, Angela Duckworth, uh, came up with when she was talking. She wrote a book called Grit, and she said that that talent, talent and effort equals skill. Skill and effort equals achievement, and and to see the skill of of elite athletes that to me is still the separator at levels that are generational and once in a kind of a hundred year flood kind of thing. We've been very lucky, you know. And 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 as you, I, I've forgotten about Al Sindor and Walton, and you, you you can think about Hank Aaron, 
Um, I'm a little yeah. o- I'm a little older than you. I was covering the '86 Masters. I'm, I I don't like the fact that you were still in school. Um, <laughs> I, I, I saw Willie Mays. I mean, yeah, we've been blessed. Wow. We've been blessed for, for for that sort of stuff. No question. Does um. Does any guest talk faster than Mike Wan? No, Mike is a uh, boy. You know, here's the thing, John. I, 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 it's kind of the way that I would, I would kind of separate, you know, how he presents himself with, with, you know, others and no one specific. He's, he, is a, he is a talker, but he's not an operator. Like, he, is, he, he, he talks with depth. He doesn't talk merely to hear himself. Uh, there is there is an engagement. He's a good listener. He responds to to not only he not only you know digest the question. He he listens closely to 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 the other person's thoughts and 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 their own their their own opinions and and advances the conversation. Yeah, I mean you know look his background is on the marketing side of things and and now you know, as an administrator and now as somebody who is helping govern the game. Uh, the one thing that I, I've always, you know, appreciated about him is that I, I don't feel like there's, there's an agenda there, that he is, he, he, he knows what he doesn't know, and, and there's strength in numbers, and he is able to congregate people in a way that rally around him because he's willing to listen to all these varying opinions, and I saw that firsthand when he was with the LPGA and, and, you know, challenged them early on. I remember yeah. in specifically with the founders cup and asked them, Hey, take nothing this year because in the long run, we're building equity, not only in this, but in all of this, meaning all of the LPGA. And he was proven right. He got them to, you know, look, they were paying, they were getting paid, you know, essentially pennies on the dollar compared to their contemporaries on the PGA tour. But but he got them to take one for the team, and it, it paid off in the long run. So yeah, he's uh, he can talk fast, but he's he's talking uh, and saying things that that there's it's not it's not frivolous discussion. There's weight to his words. Before I let you go, let me ask you this: uh, I'm going to give you this opportunity. You get to choose any golfer, living or dead, past or present, in their prime. You get to walk 18 holes with them. You're not playing. You're just walking with them. Any course in the world. Who's the golfer? What's the golf course? Jones at St. Andrews. That's what I was, no, was going to say. <laughs> I, uh, look, John, you know better than I do the, the, the overall depth of that man in terms of, you know, the curious mind that he had in his pursuit of, uh, from an educational standpoint, um, not to mention, um, you know, just how how much of a gentleman he was. But I, I want to know. I want him to walk through mm-hmm. the maturation process of why he ha- he had such disgust about the golf course with first blush that became a love affair for the balance of his life. How did that? How how did that transform itself? Uh, and then also to to talk about it architecturally as he applied it uh, to to then what became you know his life's passion at Augusta National. So uh, it's really not a contest. It would be that gentleman who was um, the the first great American champion who fostered uh, an interest in a game that really was was for very few. 
And and so, yeah, it'd be him. It's Gary Williams, uh, host on the uh, PGA Tour Network, Sirius XM, and the Five Clubs podcast. I always appreciate you saying yes to this, Gary. Let's talk again soon. Thank you. I look forward to it as always.